Hello, my friends. Dennis Gebhardt here, welcoming you to this episode of Guru in Your Ear. You know, I'm very excited today because we have Anthony Presoto back with us again. Uh, we are talking about the seven lessons from Bruce Lee. Those of you who heard episode one, hopefully you enjoyed it. We certainly enjoyed talking about it. And uh, today we're going to talk about lesson number two. So, Anthony, first of all, welcome back, my friend. How are you? Hey, Dennis. I am fabulous. How are you? Uh, great. I'm really great. I'm glad that uh, we've got you back. And uh, I think this is going to be really uh, a great journey going through uh, this information from Bruce Lee. Um, again, Definitely. You know, I'm very excited. Yeah. Like we said before, you know, people, most people knew him as a martial artist, but yet he was quite the thinker he was he and this is only seven of a multitude of things that he shared right i mean hundreds hundreds upon hundreds hundreds upon hundreds and so uh if you're inclined you might want to do some research on bruce lee you might want to read a little bit about him uh you might you know google him if you would like and you can see what an influence he was uh on people and so today we're going to take uh, lesson number two. And so, Anthony, here's uh, here's lesson number two. It's about happiness. That's a good subject, don't you think? Being happy. Always. Always being, being happy. happy is wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, Bruce Lee says, be happy. Here's the thing, though, comma, but never satisfied. Bruce Lee. I think that is something really to stop and think about because sometimes we become content satisfied and that really sometimes slows our growth because we're happy this is okay this is good enough you know i always talk about where the bar is set you know if you want to you know achieve things the bar in many cases is a set of mediocre you know, we get to mediocre and we go, it's good enough. How do you feel about that? Uh, I totally agree. We, um, <laughs> happiness, it's, it's so many different aspects to it. I think we can, we often hear people say that they'll be happy when they set uh, some, reach some arbitrary goal they've set, you know, whether it be to um, make a million dollars, um, have uh, a family with like 2.5 kids, um, have a Mercedes, have a yacht, go on holidays every year. There's a goal that they can reach that will make them happy. And often that goal is, and that's where the, like the mediocre comes in. Sometimes that goal can be a little bit too low. It, the bar can be set low and we achieve that happiness and we then go from happiness, contentment. Yeah, maybe contentment. And we don't grow any more than that. And And, you know, that could be, within five years of starting your career or it could take you your whole career to get there. But why wait? We, we, I think we need to be happy with what we do now in everything right. we do. Right. The good and the bad, you know, I, it's um, I, life is a cycle of growing and dying. So it, it's up to us to decide how, what phase of that life we want to be in. Do we want to be growing? Do we want to be striving? Do we want to be, um, 
making happiness in everything we do or have we hit contentment uh, or satisfaction and then proceed on the down, decline into death? I am um, fortunate in my career to work in so many different situations and one of them was in a retirement village. Now, you could enter that retirement village at about 55 years of age and up and there would be people there that were in their 80s that would be looking forward to their their the Easter passing because they were at home for Easter with their family and they would mm-hmm. be in their caravan and they would be traveling around Australia right up until Christmas when they would head home to spend time with their family. Um, see how that tied into last week's lesson, um, how family is so important to people and, and being with spending time with that family, yes. but still having time to be out and, and enjoying life and being happy and making the most of it. And then there were others that had, and these people were in the, the 70s and 80s and then there were others that had just turned 60 and they were just you'd, you'd say how are you today and they go oh, i'm alive and they were that's it they retired they'd lost their purpose yes. and they were on the decline waiting it was a, a wait till death yes at 60 i hope to not be in that stage of my life until i'm 110 yes absolutely i have so much living i want to do and so much happiness i want to get and yeah, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied. I, I just love the idea of growing and expanding and experiencing. Well, that, I think that is really what the ultimate goal would be is to, you have to change with life. I, and look, I'm, I'm an example of that. When I started in this industry, well, before I started in this industry, my goal was to be a musician, an entertainer. And I was. And so I lived that life for a while. And then my goal was to become a hairdresser. And I lived that life for a while. And then my goal was to become a platform artist. And I lived that life for a while. (laughs) And then a trainer. And that carried me into my later life. And then after that, uh, I became a consultant. And that was reinventing myself again. And then after that, I became an author. (laughs) And then I had a podcast. (laughs) And so you see, you move at each level and everyone's had that kind of a, that kind of a journey, but you never stay sad. You'd say, what's the next thing? Is there something else I can do? You know, I think of Vincent Van Gogh. And I know that you're going to say, well, what's he got to do with that? Probably a lot. One of my favorite artists. So they asked him one time, they said, when do you plan to retire? That was the question. And he said, I would rather die from my passion than die from boredom. And I truly believe that that is the whole concept is that, you know, get energized and, and continue to, explore those kinds of things that will make you happy and that way life be you know you become happy at at each level i mean i truly believe there are people well when that are born into poverty okay they're not wealthy but they're happy because they don't know any different because that's where they are then when they move out of that if they have the opportunity then they experience happiness again, but they're happy all along the way because they find happiness in whatever they're doing. 
wherever they are. And uh, I know sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, my life sucks. Well, really? Do you think you're the only person that's had moments of unhappiness? You're not. (laughs) You know, so uh, you, you need to just really look for the good. Look for the good. I mean, that's that to me is what's both so very important. Very much having gratitude for what we have and what we get uh, is is so important. Yes. We we can become very discontented just striving for more, especially more uh, material possessions. Right. Um, being a bit of a minimalist at heart, I, I I tend not to want to surround myself with material things, but more experiences and enjoyment from things like that. And I think it's something, it's a lesson I had to learn. You know, I, I was one of those people that went out there and strived to have all the material gains I could, which meant I had to give up a lot. Yes. And that meant I needed more material things to make me happy, which I never achieved. Uh, I remember one year we did over a million dollars worth of turnover. And you know what? At the end of that, Dennis, I wasn't happy. I was tired. Right. And that was like, what was that year for? It was. It taught me a lesson. I didn't need to make a million dollars. Right. I needed to find contentment and happiness. And as you said, that that's become uh, more important to me than, than that material possession. And that comes, and as you said, as a poor person uh, that leaves that situation into a better one, they were happy in that previous situation. And now they have a newfound happiness in their next situation. And like right. we both experienced different seasons of our career and different cycles of our life going from one to another finding a new happiness right uh not that we weren't happy before but wanting to experience more never being satisfied basically that's what it comes down to exactly um and that i think comes from gratitude uh gratitude for what we've got and things we can do for others so um being able to give back to communities give back to people whether it be through like this podcast through our education through whatever means it, it teaches us to have gratitude and i think that gives us the, the baseline for our happiness absolutely absolutely it um it is an important thing my mentor used to always say that happiness is not a person place or a thing it's a state of mind oh so true you know um i had a client many years ago his name is john Schroff. And I did John's hair for about 25 to 30 years. Saw him all the time. You know, once a month, he came in and get his hair done. The funny thing about John was that every time he'd walk into the salon, I would say, hey, John, how are you? And he would make it this stance and stretch out his arms and go, hey, Dennis, I'm fantastic. And that's as bad as I get. And everybody would kind of laugh and, you know, have fun with it. But it got to the point where my staff would set their lunch period based on his appointment time. So they'd say, look, we can't go to lunch yet. Okay. You have to wait. This guy's going to come in. Dennis is going to ask him how he is. He's going to say, I'm terrific. That's as bad as I get. And uh, sure enough, they would wait and they would laugh about it and they would go to lunch. And one day after everyone had left and I was there with John, I said to him, I said, John, don't you ever have bad days? And he said, well, here's the facts. He said, every day has good and bad. It all depends on what you're looking for. 
And you know what, Anthony, that really stuck with me about, am I the person that looks for the bad or am I the person that looks for the good? Here's an example, because you have, you're an educator like I am, you've probably flown to places and when you get off the plane, usually those people that are coming to pick you up or greet you, they go, how was your flight? And sometimes we say, well, my flight was terrible. That was late getting out of the gate, blah, 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 blah. Are you, are you just picking out all the bad stuff? Look for the good stuff. Because really, they're not asking you how, how your flight was because they really want to know. That's right. <laughs> they're asking you because their expectations are that you had a good flight. Yeah. And you could say it was uneventful. If it was a really bad flight, it was uneventful. You know, it, it's all in how we respond to those negative situations. So much. You know, um, talking about flights, you know, people, they'll, they will say to me as an educator, you're so lucky you get to fly and do all these sorts of things. And you know what? It, my response is, yeah, it's great. It's really enjoyable. Um, I, I get to see different parts of the country. I don't have to pay for it. The company pays right. to fly me all around the place. So that's wonderful. But in reality, it's like catching a bus after a while it becomes like catching a bus it except is. you get told where to sit you have to fight to go to the toilet and you may or may not get fed something on the three-hour flight it depends on how what airline you go with so it's not that great an experience but then it depends what you look at it from the point of view you look at it from right is it this is just another trip i've got to make or is this the opportunity for me to go and see another city to experience something different? And what can I get out of this? So yeah, it, it, it's your point right. of view that makes a difference. Uh, I think uh, your, your client, John, that you were talking about, it reminds me of a, it's terrible. I've become a regurgitator of uh, social media memes, but it's one is, are you having a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes and you're letting it ruin the rest of your day? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that reminds me of a time where I was teaching at the Redken Exchange in New York. And um, on day one, we walk through the protocols and the principles, the things we recommend, you know, that how you interact with a client or guest, whatever you call them. And we talked about the importance of a good consultation and how that sets up that relationship because we're in the relationship business. And so you have to really focus on that. You know, that's an important part that sets the mood for the entire relationship. Whatever that first consultation is truly does set the mood. So the next morning, day two, we're get Everyone's coming in. They're getting into the classroom and I'm standing up uh, at the stage with uh, one of my co-facilitators and one girl comes up to me and she says, I have a bone to pick with you. And I said, okay, <laughs> do you want to go over here and talk? She goes, no, I just want you to know that last night I had an appointment to get my hair done after class was finished at one of the top salons here in Manhattan. And I want you to know that they didn't give me a consultation that person came over to me. I was sitting in the chair, came over to me with a little cup of tea in his hand. And he said, so what do you think we need to do today? There was no consultation. And then they charged me $400. So I looked at her and I said, 
well, you know what? Here's the good news. She goes, what's that? And I said, you know now that you have better protocol with your clients than one of the top salons in Manhattan, New York. And she goes, I never thought about it that way. And she went and took her seat because I looked for the good and not for the bad. Yeah. And that was that momentary moment that John Schroll jumped back in my head, said, don't talk about the negative, talk about the positive. <laughs> so and I think you can turn people's attitude just in how yeah. you respond. Exactly. And I think we, we tend to, as a society, I think we may have become conditioned to look for the negative. Yes. Because people have become so, just as we spoke uh, last time about busy being a status symbol, the negative, you know, the bad things in life, uh, everyone wants to complain and whinge about the negative uh, and they forget to see the positive. Yes. And then they start to look for the positive externally. And truly, to be happy, it's an internal thing. You choose to be happy. Yes. You choose to have a happy life. Or you choose not to. But right. ultimately, it's your choice. Right. You know, we tell people um, in our classes, we say, if your client's in the chair, first-time client, don't ask them what they don't like about their hair. Because that's a negative statement. Hmm. How about this? Say, if you could change anything about your hair, what would that be? S same question, but you framed it differently. And I say that to educators. I just did a training a couple of weeks ago for a manufacturer for their educators. And they were going, their, their job was to go into salons after the salons had sampled their product over a period of time. And they were going to have a color lab day. So they were going to help them formulate for their clients. And so they said, well, okay, so let's ask them, what didn't, what did you not like about our product when you sampled it? I go, don't ask them that. I said, say, what were your discoveries when you work with our product? Let them tell you, if bring negative to you, you bring positive back. And I, I've, constantly tried to do that after john talked to me mm. and keep that in mind whenever i'm talking to people because it's how we frame those things and how people receive them and uh again we have to i believe you're correct we focus way too much on the negatives about everything instead of the positives you know and I, the negatives I, are so easy to find they are I was doing it's a, the positive that's hard to find. Right. You know, I was doing a class in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, <laughs> the home of Dollywood. And it was on a Sunday morning and I was talking about clients and, and, you know, relating to clients and someone raised their hand and they said, well, I just hate those clients, those bad clients. And I said, well, I don't know about you, but I don't have any bad clients. I said, the bet, the clients I have that I consider a challenge, I consider them a gift to help me appreciate the clients that are not a challenge. And they gave me an amen on a Sunday morning. 
<laughs> so it's all in how you phrase it. It's how you look at it. Um, I believe happiness spreads happiness. You know that. It is. If, it's contagious. Yeah. How often can you walk into some place where people aren't are happy and not become happier self? Right. And just in that, the inverse is true. If you walk into a situation that is not happy, is negative, it's very easy for that to become your state of mind. Exactly. So, it, you know, choose either way. You, you will choose what you're going to be by the situations you're in, the people you surround yourself by. It's um, We say that, you know, you become the, the sum of the five people you hang around with the most. Amen. And the we look at that fingers. as a positive thing being um, – you know, levels of education, you know, I, I, I surround myself with a lot of, I, I try to surround, surround myself with people that are much smarter in fields I want to be better in than me. Yes. But it, the same comes with happiness. If you surround yourself with a lot of happy people, you are going to be a happy person. You have no choice. They will make you that way. But if right. you surround yourself with a lot of negativity and negative people, that's the, what you will become because you have no choice. They will make you that way. Yeah, you're right, Anthony. I always say when you talk about your fist of five, I say every group has a leader. They may not be identified as the leader, but they're the one that has the most influence in the group. If they're negative, that group is a negative thinking group. They're always looking for negative. So as you say, surround yourself with as many positive people as you can. You know, sometimes that calls for limited contact with some of those other people, especially yeah. if they're your family members. And sometimes it is family members. You know, I have oh, family yes. members that are very negative and, you know, 10 minutes with them is enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. And others that are an absolute joy that, you know, I, I could spend days with them and, and it would be wonderful. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I really think that, you know, it's all the way we it's the way we look at happiness and and consider it, and and how we try to portray positive as often as we can. Look for the positive. There's positive in everything, and yeah. but it you know it takes a little time to find it sometimes. But you've got to look for it. And sometimes you've got to dig. Yeah, and people will relate to you better. I always say this is a relationship business that we're in. I mean, yeah, we cut hair and we color hair and we do all those other things, but truly we're building relationships. I had uh, someone share with me one time when I was talking about greeting a client and I said, so how are you today? And she said, don't ask them that. I said, why? She said, because you open the door for a negative response. Well, what should I say? And she said, said, say, I'm so glad to see you. I was thinking about you this week because you were, because she was on your appointment book and you're glad to see her. It takes the, the possibility of negative completely out of the picture. And it makes it a positive initiation to that, to that session. And I'm just thinking, my God, if we only had someone to teach us those kinds of things it would have changed a lot and in, in our life as we oh. went through our life you know simple things about 
framing the words you use and, and how you say the things. So anyway, well, is there anything else you want to talk about as far as happiness goes? Uh, I think that's it. I think uh, we can summarize what we've talked spoken about today is that, you know, the, the statement was be happy, but never satisfied. Yes. Um, we can be happy. Um, we should never be satisfied with our happiness because right. we should always strive for more and different happiness. Yes. And ultimately happiness is a choice. It, it's going to come down to the fact that you choose to be happy or you choose not to be. Right. And always choose happiness. That's right. from my point of view anyway. Absolutely. And here's some homework. I'll give them some homework, Anthony. Here's what Fantastic. I want you to do <laughs> this week. I want you to do your best to make someone happy. Someone, pick someone, do your best to make someone happy. Because you know what happens when you make someone happy? Guess what? You become happy too. So, Anthony, Definitely. thank you so much for sharing time with us. Thank you, this Dennis. Time. And uh, we thank all of our listeners for listening. We hope you found something meaningful out of this episode. Anthony will be back with us again for uh, another episode. Uh, episode three, number three. Yes. yes. And um, if you enjoyed this program, please share it with your friends. Let them know about our podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor FM, and Apple Podcast. We are very proud that uh, Spotify sent us notification that we are one of the top 15% most listened to podcasts in our category. So thank you to How all awesome. of our listeners for that. And uh, that's huge because we would not imagine in our life that we just started our podcast in August that we would already have achieved that kind of attention from uh, somebody like Spotify. But in any case, we also invite you to visit our website, www.gurunation.net. You can either find that, uh, just type it into your uh, search bar, or you can go to my uh, Instagram page, which is at Real Captain Color, and click your link tree link, and it will actually take you right to our educational page. And on much of our advertising, that little QR code that you see on a lot of our promotional information, if, if you do not know how to type in Linktree and you don't want to go to the website, take your camera, take a picture of the QR code, tap the yellow button, and it will take you there uh, in a moment. So we're trying to make it very easy for you to access our education and uh, look at all the other programs that we do offer. In any case, uh, we, enjoy, we wish you a happy, happy uh, next week. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again. So until then, from my heart to yours, I am Captain Color. Thank you, Anthony, for being here Thank today. Thank you, Dennis. We wish you all happy coloring. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. The preceding program was a production of Guru Nation, a brand neutral educational resource for salon professionals around the world. Mm -hmm.